house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Tonight we're going to open with this song, Under the Shadow of Your Wings. Under the shadow of your wings, here in the secret place of your holiness, I will wait on you, O Lord my God and King. This is an oldie, but goodie. And here in the holiest of all, you draw me near with love to abandon all for the sake of knowing you, my God and King. I in the shelter. Hide me in the shelter of your love, deep in the center of your heart, my Lord, how I want to know you. Keep me in the shadow and keep me in the shadow of your wings, safe in the secret place of holiness. How I need you more and more. Under the shadow of your wings, under the shadow of your wings, here in the secret. old as we are, you probably remember this song from the vineyard days from like the 80s. Secret place of all. 
love that song that's like one of my favorite songs of all time it really is i love that song cindy rethmeyer wrote that uh many years ago and sure. yeah that's what it said on the thing okay. and uh anyway it's uh it's great so anyway hey people it's sunday welcome to the show uh glad you're here tonight what we're gonna do is we are going to have randall pandle bareface not his real name, but it may as well be. Um, he's going to teach the ending of the book of Jude. Yeah, we're which is get very powerful, people. actually. That yeah, is. Can you hear Bareface? Okay, I'm going to turn up this volume. There, how's that? Is that good? Yeah. Can you hear yourself? Okay. I can hear myself fine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to have Randall do that. So let me just uh, give a couple of shout outs. I see a couple of people there. I see Nair and I see Sean there and uh, somebody else was just in there and I didn't see who it was. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know uh, if anybody's over on the YouTube page, but hey, I will tell you, we're getting more subscribers over there. I would love the top 1,000 1, subscribers, which means we only need 515 more to go. Uh, we're at 485 last time I checked, um, which is good. I mean, it's good for no advertising, right? So if you're over there on YouTube, please be sure to, to hit like, unless you really don't like it. Uh, then don't don't hit dislike. Just be nice and hit don't hit anything. But <laughs> I see Barb is over there. Hello, Barb. Um, and, of course, Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. You can go to Facebook. And you can uh, go to the Bible News Radio page on Facebook. We're, we also have our daily disciples group. I'm getting ready later um, tonight to put up our new reading plan in there uh, for this week. We've been reading through the book of Psalms. Do you see cleverly how I've done that, people? People are all now, we're all reading the book of Psalms together. Been doing that now for a while. About a month now, I think we've been doing it. Um, and it's been really, really cool, hasn't it? We all have been reading the Psalms together. And so this week we're going to be finishing the 80s. 
and we're going to get into the 90s because we're reading two a day, which is pretty cool. I just got done reading Psalm 82 and 83 uh, about a half hour ago before I came in here. Um, so if you're not in the Daily Disciples group, um, just go to Facebook and look for it. You'll see the, it's a purple graphic cover. I got our, my nose itches and, uh, just ask to join and I'll let you in. And, um, and then you can see every day the people that we have reading the Psalms. And it's really cool. I mean, everybody that's reading in there has volunteered to read, um, they're taking their own time out of the day to do it. I'm not paying them anything. Not that I would anyway, because, you know, <laughs> this is not a paid position, people. Um, it's just really cool. I will tell you, let me tell you a little bit really fast, just because I'd like to give honor where honor is due. So tomorrow, Stacy McPherson will be reading, and so will Randall. Uh, Stacy is actually a friend of mine I met in Legal Shield. She's actually a, a Legal Shield representative as well. And then, of course, you guys know Randall. On Tuesday, my friend Mary Henry is reading. And Mary is my very first. She was my youth coach when I was a kid. So, uh, uh, and she hasn't changed a bit either. I mean, honestly, she's like 13 years older than I am, but you would never know it. Uh, Wednesday, my friend Sandy uh, is reading. And actually, Sandy is my sister-in-law. My, bro my brother is married to her sister, so we are... We're sister-in-law-in-laws. We made that term up, and that's our legal term for it. So Sandy, and she's also a Christian author. She's written a lot of books, uh, and she's hilarious. I love her. She's awesome. I've known her since I was 18. Rachel Howard is also reading on Wednesday. Evangelist Rachel, you guys know her from Periscope and Facebook. She's been doing some awesome stuff. God's been using her in a mighty way. That's awesome. On Thursday, Jerry Herb. And Pastor Tommy Norman read for us. And Jerry, uh, Jerry actually this week had her husband Tom read uh, on Friday, which was so cool. It was so funny to hear <laughs> Tom and Jerry read. They both have very thick accents, and they probably don't to themselves, but to me they do. And it's, it's they're just such a fun couple. But anyway, so Jerry is reading on Thursday, and Pastor Tommy is reading on Thursday. And you guys know Pastor Tommy. She's got a great ministry as well uh, here on Periscope and also Facebook. Uh, and then Friday, Carmen Sanchez, uh, she is just a heart full of love as well. She's reading. I'm not sure if Tom is going to read this week. I, I have to verify. Um, and then Saturday, I'm going to be reading and I'm looking, I'm, I'm waiting on a couple of people to get back to me. Um, my friend Tracy, she had a family member die this past week, so I told her to take some time off from reading so that she can deal with that. And I would ask you guys to pray for Tracy, too. Um, it was a sudden death, and um, as you know, that can, be, that can be very emotionally hard on anybody, right? So uh, please, please, please pray for Tracy and keep her in prayer. Um, also, if you want to donate to the show... You know, if you're somebody who likes the show and you're watching all the time, become a pillar of the community. Um, you can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give and give your tax deductible donation over there. Uh, thank you to those of you who, who do that already. I really appreciate it. Um, our, we need the help, so totally appreciate it. I was telling Randall today, literally right before I got on here, I've done all three jobs today. <laughs> I did Legal Shield. I sold Legal Shield membership today. I, we door dashed this afternoon after church and now we're doing Bible news radio all in one day. We did three jobs. So, 
so your your donations really do help help us and uh, you know I hope it blesses you to be able to bless us I, I mean I really do I hope you know the blessing goes both ways so uh, so yeah so thanks for that and with that said I am going to hand this over to Bearface so he can get into the book of Jude with you and I will see you on the flip side people I mean I'll see you tomorrow I'll see well no I won't yeah I will no maybe I won't I will text you tomorrow if you're on my text message list so that in the Daily Disciples group, you'll go in there and be edified by Stacy, who will be reading tomorrow. And, um, you know, we can stay in touch during the week. So, all right. So have a good show, Bareface. Looking forward to uh, your teaching. And I hope that you uh, um, enjoy yourself. Well, thanks. Sure. Um, just, yeah. I'm sure that I'll enjoy being in the Word of God with with our viewers and listeners. So that'll be good. I don't know if I'll enjoy myself so much. As... Aren't we a great middle-aged looking couple? Put a one if you think I'm a great middle-aged looking couple. <laughs> and you're a couple, huh? Well, me and you. And like I'm a band. Tonight we're wearing kind of, I'm wearing purple, you're wearing blue. Last night we were both wearing black. We didn't even plan this. You see how much shorter I am than Randall? I was wearing black yesterday. I think so. Mm. It appeared to be. Okay. I don't really remember. That's because you're old. Yeah. Not as old as Barb, but you are old. Yeah. Catching up. <laughs> One and a half? Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sean Moochie. Yeah, you are. That's who you are. All right. right. <laughs> Go on. Well, peeps, good to be with you. Uh, if you've been with uh, with me together uh, the whole time as we've been going through the book of Jude, give yourselves a pat on the back because um, we've been taking our time going through it. Uh, this was your idea after all. Uh, I just wanted to, weeks ago, months ago, I don't know, I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts from the book of Jude, but the vote was to continue going through the epistle, and despite being just 25 verses, it is just jam-packed with stuff. And for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, um, whether or not you're familiar with the book of Jude, um, I will, after we pray, start off with a quick summary just to give some background of where we are. And we're going to look at the final two verses of the epistle tonight, uh, verses 24 and 25. So, um, good things begin with prayer, especially looking into the Word of God. It is His Word, so uh, it's the only book that comes with its author, so it makes sense to approach Him, right? Let's pray. Father God, you are an awesome God. You are worthy of every honor, glory, power, blessing, and praise. To you belongs the kingdom. And Lord, you have condescended to us. Lord, you have uh, revealed yourself to us in so many ways through all of creation, uh, through your written word, and certainly through the living word, Messiah, uh, who came into this uh, world Lord, uh, in, the, in the clothing of human flesh, that he might uh, reveal us to you. And 
we're thankful, Lord, being uh, privy, Lord, um, that is, you know, observers of all of it, uh, the witness of your creation, the witness of your written word, and the witness of your living word, and certainly your Holy Spirit, uh, who abides with us, those of us who have placed our trust uh, in Messiah Yeshua. Uh, we pray that you would use this time as you will, Lord, uh, to to shape us, to mold us into the image of your own dear Son, uh, that we might walk away from here uh, changed because of the time that we spent with you and uh, considered the words that you have preserved throughout the ages for our instruction. We offer ourselves on this time to you in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, friends, we are in... Uh, the epistle of Jude is that short little epistle before the book of Revelation. And um, as I started off, I, I don't know if I started off, but um, for the past several weeks, the translation I've been using for this study is the Tree of Life version. It's a more recent version, uh, but with a decidedly Jewish or Hebrew uh, flair recognizing that the Bible was written by Jewish authors and so it kind of made sense to um, uh, bring out that element uh, instead of the anglicized Jesus whereas in the Greek you know it depending on where depending on the the context and as the grammar um, dictates you will see the name Yesua or Yesus, um, depending on the grammar, determines the ending of the the um, the name, the the pronoun there. Proper pronoun is that is the name of proper pronoun. Um, anyway, uh, I'm no Greek. I'm no Greek um, scholar. Not really even a Greek student, but. I kind of understand that the differences in grammar demand uh, or require a different uh, noun ending either. And the Greek word there, there Yesua or Yesus, uh, is, an, is, a, is a transliteration of the Hebrew Yeshua. Uh, it's just that um, the Greek alphabet doesn't have a Y sound, Y, and it doesn't have an SH sound. So using the Greek alphabet, those Jewish authors did the best they could to transliterate, you know, duplicate the sound of the Hebrew name Yeshua into Greek. And so if we sound it out in the Greek, it's Ie, they used an Iota and an uh, Epsilon to give that Ie, Ie, kind of is a Y sound, it's best you can do with the Greek alphabet. Yesu, there is no Sh. So the closest thing is just an S sound with the sigma, Yesu. And fortunately, they do have an U sound uh, from the, the Hebrew Vav. Uh, it's a diphthong created with two vowels, Omicron and Upsilon, U. And then again, the um, an A sound possible by the Alpha, first letter of the Greek alphabet. But again, sometimes the grammar dictates that masculine ending on the noun, giving it that final sigma, Jesus. Anyway, that one was for free. Um, but there are several other places in the New Testament where, you know, it's clear that it's a Hebrew name there. Uh, 
And similar to the Hebrew names version, uh, that translation of the the uh, scriptures, the Tree of Life version, a little more uh, recent translation, uh, does um, sort of restore the the Hebrew nature of of the scriptures. So, bringing forth here uh, Jude from the Tree of Life version. I'm not going to read all the verses because we've been through them. But in summary, uh, Yehuda, Judah, or Jude, uh, writing uh, to an audience of, of believers, those who were called, loved in God the Father, kept safe for Yeshua the Messiah, he's writing to them, and he's telling them um, to contend for the faith. The word contend there is in an athletic sense, like a professional athlete uh, prepares and practices for a contest or a competition. You know, they're really serious about it. You know, blood, sweat, and tears kind of things. He's urging them to contend for the faith, uh, the true faith. Um, not any um, adulteration thereof, but the faith that was once uh, handed down to all the saints. And he says the reason to do that is because certain people have secretly slipped in. And we looked at those people um, uh, from examples in history. What happens when these, uh, these false teachers are unchecked, these ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into indecency, or the ideas of licentiousness, just whatever, any kind of sin... Uh, hyper-grace that they say allows any kind of sin, what happens uh, when those people are allowed to lead others astray? And Jude gives some examples from history um, that basically a whole generation that came out of the land of Egypt, uh, they, you know, they were destroyed. Those who did not believe a whole generation under 40 years old died in the wilderness. He talked about the, the angels who did not keep their position of authority um, that is fallen angels. We read about um, Genesis chapter six, resulting in a you know cataclysmic flood, a judgment of the world. Um, about the the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, and how those cities were led um, into sexual immorality, and those cities ended up being destroyed uh, with the the you know, the similitude, I guess, of, of eternal fire is fire and brimstone were come down, came down from heaven and, and judged those cities. And so then Jude gives, um, talks about kind of, um, 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 sort of how they operate, uh, what motivates them. Um, they're visionary dreaming, and uh, some versions say they're um, uh, filthy dreams. The idea is that um, uh, that they may they may have visions and stuff, but uh, they're obviously not godly. They reject the Lord's authority, uh, etc. And and then he talks about ways to recognize them. Um, that they're they're hidden rocky reefs at uh, love feasts that and you because they're tending to themselves 
that they're they're like waterless clouds carried by the winds. They look like they're going to bring something, but they bring no refreshment, and then they're blown around by you know winds that come along. They're fruitless trees, uh, wild waves of the sea, uh, f- you know, foaming up their own shame. They're they'll uh, boast lots of things. They'll they'll uh, you know put on a good show, but it's empty. Uh, they may even, you know, come to town with all sorts of pomp and circumstance, but in the end, they impart no uh, spiritual nourishment, but instead lead, lead people astray uh, to follow their own uh, vices and sinfulness. And he goes on to talk about uh, more about uh, who they are, that they're belly-aching grumblers. These are the f- that are following after their own desires. These are the people will will go in, you know, be part of the congregation. They'll secretly slip in, as as uh, as Yehuda, as Judah says. You know, they don't make a scene when they come in, but after they've been there for a while, they're going to be ones that, you know, complaining about this, complaining about that, com- causing division uh, within the fellowship. Well, this carpet and this thing and this music and this and da-da-da and, and start accusing people of things and... Um, and this sort of thing. Their, their mouth speaks grandiose things. Oh, yeah, we've got this and we can do that. Showing favoritism for the sake of gain. Oh, that, you know, they'll, um, they'll uh, you know, m- make friends and be there. And they may do something for people uh, that seems selfless and, and giving, but only for the sake of their own gain. You know, they'll, they'll give to get. You know, if there's something in it for them, they'll be there. And um, so go back, read it for yourselves. I encourage you prayerfully read it. Uh, and then uh, Yehuda, Judah kind of shifts up gears and talks to the readers. He says, but you, loved ones, continue building yourself self up in your most holy faith. Again, going back to the idea of uh, contending earnestly for the faith, uh, but that is praying uh, in spirit-led prayer, um, you know, keeping yourselves in the love of God and eagerly waiting for his, his return, eagerly waiting for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah that leads to eternal life. And he talks about uh, having mercy on those who are wavering, wavering. You know, there's people in the fellowship that are being led astray. That uh, it's our responsibility as more spiritual people, uh, as we also read about Galatians, to to rescue those ones. To and and Jude uses the word to snatch them out of the fire uh, from the root verb uh, harpazo in the Greek, which means to snatch it's a it's an instant and forceful taking and it's the same word that uh, um, we get our English word rapture because that's in the Latin translation of the scriptures that Greek word harpazo is I believe uh, is translated raptura um, it's um, and it is that that catching away that sudden and forceful uh, snatching and so uh, Jude exhorts the readers to those who are wavering, who might be under the influence of these false teachers starting to fall away from the truth, that we're to snatch them out of the fire because that's where they're headed. 
um, talks about hating even the garment defiled by the flesh, that that not only the sin that they're in and falling into, I mean, the very garment defiled by the flesh, any, any, any hint or remnant or, you know, anything related to that sin or to keep our distance from it. And so Jude has been, uh, well, all the time addressing the, the the readers the the fellowship of the saints but the topic has been first you contend earnest for the faith then the topic has been directed towards these false teachers these false apostles these false leaders leading people ultimately into destruction in ways of of fleshliness and sinfulness and selfishness and um causing havoc in their wake uh, and there is the two, uh, the subject goes back to the reader and kind of, you know, those who may be, uh, led astray, not the ones who are doing the leading astray because Jude called them, you know, uh, fruitless trees in, in late autumn, doubly dead, that they're, they're not saved people. It's not their wavering. They're, they're not even of God. Um, uh, over there on Macaroon Granola <laughs> on Twitch. No, we're not talking about breaking news today. Uh, Sundays are our Bible study, and for many weeks we've been uh, in the Epistle of Jude. So no breaking news today, sorry. That's a Friday and Saturday kind of thing. But uh, if you want to keep hanging out, that's great. I'm glad that you're viewing. Um, so... The now, the um, the topic turns to God Himself, which is the is a great a way to uh, wrap this epistle up because when it comes down to it, that's what. Um, come on, I was just just here in my little. Google Slides presentation, and it logged me out. I've got to sign back in. I don't know how it can be working just fine, and then it um, tells me to um, log back in. All right. Whoops. Well, what the heck? Let me, um, I kind of messed up things here. Stand by. All right, let's, let's go with this. So we're in Jude. <laughs> Look at Jude verses 24 and 25. And so looking at verse 24. That's not that's not right. That happened here. Technical difficulties, people. Let's... All right. Well, Is it more. There we go. You can't see what's going on. I'm setting stuff up on the other screen. So, verse twenty-four. Now to the one who is able to keep you from stumbling 
and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Well, let's talk about this one, the one who is able to keep you from stumbling. Um, other verses, um, or other translations rather, uh, render this verse as uh, to uh, him who is able to keep you um, uh, and, well, maybe I should just bring up some other versions here. So many tabs, so little time. Let me... I'll just do things this way. Using uh, Bible Hub here. Uh, to him who's able to keep you from stumbling, okay. Uh, now God who is able to keep you from falling away, able to keep you from stumbling, keep you from stumbling. That's what a lot of that translations say. Keep you from falling, protect you from stumbling, keep you from falling. Um, I'm um, keep us without offense, which is interesting, the Aramaic Bible and Aramaic Bible in plain English. Uh, guard you so that you don't fall. I'm kind of liking this idea, um, the God's words translation, or at least his translation, this idea of guarding you. Um, because when we look at, uh, able to keep you from stumbling, um, you know, it looks like stumbling is the is the important thing or is the focus, and then and then keep you from stumbling. It's he can prevent you from stumbling, but uh, in in the in the original Greek language here, uh, I don't know if you can see this. Hopefully, but uh, but to him being able to keep them. Um, this word uh, in the Greek here, uh, phulatsai, whoops, uh, Strong's number 5442, the idea is to watch or to keep and them steady here. Um, this means not stumbling or um, not, um, yeah, not stumbling, basically. I'm, I'm no, uh, I'm, again, I'm no Greek scholar, not even really worthy to be called a Greek student. But I see two ideas here, not just um, keep keep you from stumbling or keep uh, them from stumbling, but to keep, to guard, and and prevent stumbling. So the, the keep is not so much passive, it's, it's part of, it's because he is able to guard. Uh, and keep watch on that you don't stumble, and unless we get this idea that um, no matter what we do, that no matter how careless we are, that we won't stumble, because we can look throughout church history, even recent church history, very recent church history, like within the past year, and see those who have stumbled. Um, people that identified as believers and we would identify, you know, self-identified and that we would identify as believers have stumbled. Um, so he is able uh, to keep us from stumbling. He's able to guard and keep. So then why do people stumble? 
it's not a it's not a failure on his part i'm i'm led to think of uh second peter uh chapter 1 um peter peter oh, whoops went one slide too many there okay uh, 2 Peter 2, 10, 11. Peter writes, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I think the scripture is clear that salvation... You know, the call, God's call, comes to us. He initiates it. And our our election, our, our being saved, is dependent upon him. It's what he has done. Uh, as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, uh, that by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, that is the gift of God, and not of works that, that no one can boast that is salvation is uh, by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone in Messiah alone that there is there's nothing we can do so when Peter writes to make uh, your your call and your election sure be more even more even more diligent um, it's not a it's not a matter of we can make it we can make ourselves more saved, but that um, that walking in uh, the way that God would have us walk, that's, that's up to us. And in fact, in the context of that, where he says, brethren, be more, even more diligent to make your call and election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. The things he's talking about are this list of things that uh, start in uh, verse 5, 2 uh, Peter uh, chapter 1. He says, for this reason, this very, what reason? And that's that basically that um, that through the Lord, uh, that his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Uh, we've been giving, given uh, exceedingly great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, that by putting our trust in Messiah, receiving the Holy Spirit, we're in a new position. And he says, for this very reason that we've been redeemed, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Again, salvation is by faith alone, is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that it begins with faith uh, putting our faith in Messiah, in in Jesus, in Yeshua, the Christ. It begins with faith, but it doesn't stop there. We add to our faith the virtue that is, that is character, good character, uh, good character. We add, to virtue add knowledge. Uh, later, uh, um, or is it in his first epistle that Peter talks about growing the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that uh, 
being to a moral character, we should be growing in knowledge of God, knowledge of Messiah, to knowledge self-control. Um, as it all starts with faith, but as we grow in character, we grow in knowledge, we're able to exercise self-control. That is denying our worldly lusts, uh, the things, the appetites of the flesh, we're able to uh, control them. Uh, as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And to add to your self-control, perseverance, hang in there. Just, you know, it's not just, okay, I tried and it worked and now I can rest or it didn't work so I give up. Hanging in there. Self-control, we're persevering about it. Add to your perseverance, godliness. And that is, you know, a God-mindedness. It's, it's um, a focus on God. Godliness, brotherly kindness. Um, that, uh, you know, as we get ourselves together, we're able to uh, relate to um, other human beings well in kindness. And a brotherly kindness, love. And the love, of course, there is that agape love, that selfless love. Uh, but it all begins with faith and, and growing in grace and knowledge, adding to our faith the virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. And Peter says, for if these things, that list of things are yours and abound, you will, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from old sins. Uh, positionally, we have been uh, cleansed from our sins. Uh, we have um, been, by recognizing what Messiah has done, what Christ has done, uh, placing our faith in him, believing that indeed he died for our sins, uh, uh, was raised from the dead, and, uh, you know, to prove uh, his power over death, and uh, is risen again, what well, was risen and has ascended. I was, we were singing this uh, sort of modernization of the old hymn in church today. Living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, O oh, glorious day. A ni nice little poetic uh, you know, succession of events, living, he loved me, dying, he saved me, because he died for my sins. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified, showing that he just didn't die. You know, he promised to give himself a ransom uh, for sin. He rose again, proving his power um, over death, um, so rising is justified freely, forever, not just for the moment, for our uh, you know, mortal lives, but forever. One day he's coming, because he ascended, he's coming back again. Read Acts chapter 1 and several other passages. But um, that, um, anyway, that we have been cleanse from our old sins and we either need we can either walk in the knowledge of that and that reality or or to trample uh the son of god underfoot as hebrews talks about and just 
forget, act like we weren't cleansed from our sins and continue to live in sin. And it's in light of all of that, light of all of that, that Peter says uh, to you know, be even more sure, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Um, I know it says Jude there at the bottom, but this is the um, this is the study in Jude, and I should probably change the um, or I could just take the lower I could take the label off there, the caption. So going back to Jude. Now the one who is able to keep you from stumbling, he he's guarding. And he's able to prevent us uh, from stumbling because he's given us these great and precious promises, according to Peter, that the tool set, if you will, everything that we need, he is supplied. And if we continue to yield to him, surrender ourselves to him, he is able to keep us from stumbling. And it's not like if we have to put by our own might, you know, Peter says, add your faith virtue to your fir virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, etc. It's not like we're doing these things that we have to go seek them out. All these, you know, everything pertaining to life and godliness, God has given to us in Messiah, in Yeshua, in Christ. Uh, Peter says, so those things are available. It's not like we have to develop these skills or whatever. We just have to yield ourselves more and more to him, surrender ourselves more to him, more and more to him, grow in the grace that he supplies, not come up with yourself, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the, the knowledge and the grace are available to us. It's just a matter of us growing in that, apprehending by uh, giving up more of ourselves and bringing in more of him. As John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. And as we do that, he is able to keep us from stumbling. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And I like this this um, this next part of Jude, verse 24. And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory uh, with great joy. Now... bring up my Greek again. Again, not a Greek scholar. If he's going to pretend a little a Greek, a, a Greek student. But uh, what we read here in the Greek, um, okay, stisai, Kate nopion um, tes dokes at autu um, to stand them in front of his glory uh, and in front of in up over and against um, um, over. 
or against or opposite of placed, you know, um, uh, yeah, well, in front here. And again, what I get out of this, uh, what, how I understand this, is that not that he's just able to stand us in the presence of his glory, which is a great thing. You know, one day we'll be in the presence of the Lord, as Paul wrote, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. If we placed our hope in him, trusting him for our salvation, um, we will one day be in his presence. Um, my understanding of of the Greek here is that he's able to stand us with his glory in front of us. Not for us, not so much for us to behold, which we will, we will behold him in his glory. And praise be to God, John writes, you know, when we appear, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There will be a transformation that takes place. Um, but I think it applies also to here and now that he's able to stand us uh, with his glory in front of us so that we're not seen as we are, you know, the, the, the people of flesh that we are, you know, the mud pies that we are, the animated mud pies, as Stacey Lynn says. You know, we, we are of the earth. God breathed into uh, man. He formed him out of the dust of the earth. Formed the man, Adam, out of the Adama, the ground, and breathed into his nostrils and it became a living soul. Um, God knows that we are but dust. Uh, you know, rather than appearing before him, redeemed as we are, redeemed humanity, his glory is before us, so that from a heavenly perspective, from the perspective of the Father, the glory of Christ, the glory of Messiah is in front of us, so we're seen through him. His, his nature stands in place in front of our nature, his glorious nature uh, stands in front of our nature. Um, Paul puts it this way as he writes to the Corinthians, and and in this in this um, in this uh, chapter, Paul writes about how not many wise are chosen, not many uh, you know great are chosen. That God chooses you know strong are chosen. Um, God chooses the weak things and the base things, basically the unappealing things in the people of the world, uh, so that he gets the glory. And uh, that chapter, um, well, it's a chapter, anyway, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, winds out this way, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as as it is written let the one who boasts boasts in the lord and it was he became to us that not just appearing to us but 
to to our reputation, to our record, for our um, basically f- for us in our place. You know that he became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So you know we there's nothing that we can boast of. You know whoever boasts, let him boast in the Lord. Second uh, Corinthians five twenty. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's so key that in him, by placing our trust in him, by by putting our lives in him, uh, Yeshua talked about if ye abide in me. You know, I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, keep yourself abiding in me. And so many of the other apostles write about the importance of staying in him. Um, I think of Romans, uh, where Paul writes that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, John, writing his first epistle, uh, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That God has given the Messiah, uh, given the Christ, Yeshua, Jesus. And in him is eternal life. In him we have redemption. And God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He's able to keep us from stumbling. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. All these precious promises are ours. And if we just avail ourselves of these wondrous gifts, uh, gifts made available in him, he's able to guard us prevent us from stumbling, but also to stand us in front of his glory or his his glory um, in between us and the Father, if you will, that, that we're in him. You know, it was standing in his presence, not just for our delight, but because his his reputation becomes our reputation. I'm probably going on about this more than I, I need to. I'm I'm hoping that you I'm hoping that I'm articulating it well enough to, to get the idea across that uh his glory is our glory. And something's something's happening with uh Facebook. I don't know what happened. At least it's not showing up there. Uh YouTube folks, Twitch folks, hello. All right, just want to make sure I'm not missing any comments there. So, so he able to keep us from stumbling and stand them over against his glory. And as it is, going back to verse 24, Uh, able to keep and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory 
Um, it's because of the presence of his glory that we're blameless with great joy that because of that, we ought to have great joy. And this word, this great joy, um, uh, is from um, the, um, the, the root um, aglias. I'm trying to think what the, um, the root verb would be like the infinitive. But anyway, I don't know. But I first encountered this verb as a young believer in in the Sermon on the Mount where where Yeshua, Jesus said that uh, consider it all joy when you are persecuted for my name's sake. And um, I'm like, okay. Uh, or be exceeding glad, he says. Something like, it depends on the, your translation. But I'm like, wow, you know, be, be joyous when you're persecuted. You know, I, the, the, it's got to mean something. It can't mean like, ha ha, you know, yeah, or yeah, great, well, party. You know, it can't mean joy. There's got to be something in there. So I looked at the Greek, and uh, one word there, and the verb tense, the form, and that passage is agaliaste. Anyway, it means much jumping. Literally, it means much jumping. So it does that mean kind of, that kind of joy, like, woohoo, you know, just, just exuberant effervescent you know joy and you know, when you're persecuted for his name's sake you would be jumping up down why is that and then and it was l later on reading in peter's epistle he says that none let none of you suffer as a you know uh an evildoer a thief whatever you know basically a um well an evildoer and, um, but if any of you suffer for his sake, you know, on, on their, you know, on, on their behalf, the ones giving you grief, he is blasphemed, but on, on account of you, he's glorified. And then it made sense to me that if you are so living your life in Christ likeness, that to the point where you're identified with him and you're persecuted for that, you're persecuted for his namesake, not because of your whatever, your actions or, or the way you portray your brand of Christianity, whatever, but if you're persecuted for his namesake, it means that he's uh, manifesting himself, you know, demonstrating himself, living himself through you in such a way of that ungodly people take offense to it and will persecute you and so that's a reason to be exceedingly glad jump up and down it's like wow you know sometimes i feel like i'm such a you know a screw up uh, when it comes to walking the walk of faith uh, you know but when from the uh, from the perspective of the ungodly it's like you're so Christ-like that you deserve to be persecuted, be that, you know, financially, physically, or, you know, whatever, then you're like, oh my goodness, you know, Christ lives in me. That ought to be, uh, you know, cause for joy. And it's, and it's similar here, uh, because the, it's the, uh, root, uh, uh, Agaliasai here, 
um, exaltation. It's this idea of much jumping, exuberant joy. So he's able to stand them in front of his glory. That is, that because unblemished, uh, amomus, that uh, you know, with, without blemish, without fault, because it's his reputation, his glory that stands before us, and so we're standing in his presence, in his glory, but with his reputation that is unblemished, that ought to be a reason for exaltation, for exuberant joy, uh, agliasai, that jumping up and down, we ought to have exuberant joy that because of what Messiah has done, we are, oh my goodness, one minute after eight o'clock, that <laughs> it's a joyous thing, people that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Not just pretty good, have a good, pretty good reputation, or have be an upstanding citizen, but the righteousness of God, that we might become the righteousness of God, that much righteousness, that much holiness, that kind of reputation, that kind of character before the Father, that we can be considered blameless, unblemished, without any fault whatsoever. Not pretty good, you know, got in, you know, by the skin of your teeth that, yeah, good enough, good enough to slink through the pearly gates kind of thing, but but without fault whatsoever, without any kind of blemish, faultless, holy, blameless, that kind of character in the presence of God because of what he's done, because it's imputed to us righteousness, just because we believe and endeavor to follow him in our lives, we can be in his presence, in his glory, standing for us that we're seen as unblemished, 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 no fault, nothing wrong, complete, holy, faultless, sinless, just like his reputation, <laughs> that is something to be exuberantly joyful about. All right, I promised we'd finish this up. So verse 25, I got it here somewhere. All right. To the only God, our Savior. Now, other translations say only wise God, and that's good because the word Greek word sopho is in there. The only God, our Savior, through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, both now and forever. Amen. So, to the only wise God, that is there um, in in the Greek language, and I will. I'm obviously going to go a little bit over, but I promise to finish this. We're going to finish that. To the only Sopho. Um, you know, philosophy, that's the love of wisdom, philo, love, sophos, wisdom, philosophy, so a sophomore, that's a funny word, because 
that's that means wise fool just so you know those of you who are in your uh second year of high school or or university if you're a sophomore you're a, a wise fool um is literally what it, it comes from the greek um you know you you get to know a little you get to know a little bit but you don't really know a whole lot wise fool anyway so the only wise god now again this is another greek thing and it's not like there as i understand it, it's not like there are other gods and he's the only wise one the other ones are the other ones are morons um as i understand it, it to the only god he is the only god the other so-called gods are not gods there's only one god one true and living god and not only is the only god he's a wise god he's not um he's not a careless impetuous foolish god He's a wise God. Uh, everything he does is is right. And um, and from wisdom. He's the only wise God. He's the only God, and he's wise. Clear. All right. Through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. And that's how it comes. We're not going to get any of the any of these things that followed and we <laughs> I just hammered that earlier about having his glory that it's in him and we get it by proxy if you will by placing our faith in him um, that God has given us you know precious and exceeding promises in him and if we place ourselves in him that we have his glory so through Yeshua the Messiah Lord be glory majesty now to god be to god the only god who is our savior who saved us through yeshua the messiah and these things are available through a messiah but they belong to god our savior glory majesty power and authority and they belong to him before all time before even time there was a time, and it seems strange just to say before all time, because before all time there wouldn't be a before. There was a time without time. That wouldn't be a for before. It's before is a relationship of time. But anyway, but before all time, both now and forever. So that's like everlasting, everlasting. Um, from the vanishing point, the vanish point. That that to him, the only God, the only real God, the true living God. To him, he is the source, and they belong to him. They are rightfully his by his nature. Glory, majesty, you know, a exalted rulership, power, all power, all power belongs to God. Well, isn't isn't this you know, aren't these demons powerful? Yes, aren't isn't this car powerful or this drug powerful or, yeah, but all power belongs to God. He can, he can, all the other powers are there by, by his, uh, permission, his, his, his allowance, um, at any time, just as he spoke the universe into existence, he can speak it out of existence, that all things in him consist. And we read that he, the Messiah the Son of God holds the world together with the word of his power. 
that that boy i could go really deep how things are to at an at atomic and subatomic structure and how they really shouldn't hold together things at a you know subatomic level but they're there's the the glue uh the sort of divine glue that holds things together and things that we consider matter are really more space than they are solid and they're when you get down to atomic level they're really energy rather than matter even though we make a distinction between energy and matter it's it's a really freaky physical world we live in and uh so all power belongs to him all authority belongs to him there is no authority and because of time i there's plenty of verses i could turn to that show that all other authority earthly authority etc is is given by him uh, that he allows it that he sets up kings and he tears them down etc um that all authority belongs to god and and they belong to god before all time again a funny thing but we have to think of that in human terms because all we know is time but there was a time or a state there was a state when there was no time because there was no space we know that from genesis chapter 1 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth that so there the heavens plural that means like the atmosphere and the universe that contains them the fabric of space that didn't exist and of course since that didn't exist there could be no matter there couldn't be an earth or anything like that to, because there needed to be a container for all that so before there was a container before there was any kind of spatial thing there couldn't have been time because space necessitate necessitates time and time necessitates space you've heard of the space-time continuum and there are several scholarly books you could uh read i keep thinking about making a um a, sh a relatively short video called astrophysics 101 or something like that that talks about these ideas of time and space and how things things can't be infinitely small things aren't infinitely small therefore why would they be infinitely large and that and the same thing with time because space is limited it's hard to think of okay what's at the edge of space what have where does space end and what's beyond that well there isn't a beyond and that messes with your mind but there's plenty of things we can look at in creation that tell us that the, there is a limit to space and therefore there's also a limit to time uh, at least in the beginning time had a beginning because space had a beginning time had a beginning and before before in this state in the state without time and space, the glory, the majesty, the power, and the authority still belong to God. They belong to him now, they belong to him then. They belong to him now, and they'll belong to him forever. Amen. It is true. Um, to the only God, the only wise God, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Before all time, both now and forever. And in all ways, yeah, forever. And of course, you know, how can you not think but the the 
the structure, the the model, the outline for prayer that Yeshua gave us when, uh, well, the the uh, disciples asked him, you know, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. And pretty clear in the Greek that is not repeat after me. It's here. Here's a structure. Here's an outline. Um, here, here's a model, if you will. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. You, your name should be. It is holy and it should be set apart. Thy kingdom come. Bring your kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want your authority as it is in heaven to be established on earth. The king to come. The kingdom to be set up. The messianic kingdom. We want that day to come. That age to come. The age of the king. Um, so that thy will be, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, that um, we need to be dependent upon him daily. Today is all that we have. We don't have tomorrow. It's not guaranteed to us. So, you know, help us to be recognized that this day is a gift and, and the nourishment we take and the breath and everything that he provides is is from him. And to recognize that, give us this day our daily bread. And, uh, you know, forgive us our trespasses, our debts, as we forgive those who trespass against us to the same, forgive us, God, to the same degree that we forgive others. And as Yeshua went on to explain, for if you forgive men not their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Uh, but, uh, you know, for forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive others. Lead us not to temptation. That I mean, God doesn't tempt us, but we're saying, you know, but deliver us from evil. That kind of goes back to that keeps us from stumbling. If we avail ourselves of His exceeding great and precious promises and the the spiritual equipment that He's given us uh, in Yeshua through His Spirit, we won't go down that path. Deliver us from evil. For what? And then this is where I was getting to. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Um, that recognizing that all of that, um, all glory, all majesty, all power and authority belong to him. Um, from before all time, now, and forever. All right, 15 minutes after. Um, let's uh, stick a fork in it. Call it done, even though there's there's so much more. I mean, we could even go even word by word here and <laughs> dig into the meanings of each of these words and how rich they are. It's just amazing. So I'll just leave you with, hey, contend earnestly for the faith. Keep growing in the grace and knowledge, God. And, and so you'll be able to discern between good and evil. So you know false teachers, you know false doctrine when it comes along. And, and be able to stop it from infecting uh, the church with a capital C. You know, the, the fellowship 
of uh, Messiah. And if you see a brother or sister starting to waver, fall into that, rescue them um, with urgency. And, um, you know, keep building yourselves up in your most holy faith. And realize that God, because of who he is and what he's done for us in Messiah, in Christ, we can live fruitful lives. He's, he can keep us from stumbling. Uh, and because of his, because of what he's done and his holy nature, that same righteousness has been imputed to us we can stand before God the Father, faultless and blameless, and that ought to be a that ought to be our joy, our exulting joy, um, and realizing that all of this we wouldn't be talking about this if if there wasn't only one God, and he and He's wise, and to Him belongs glory, majesty, power, and authority from before all time now forever uh because he's awesome and and we have a future and a hope so with that i will bid you good night god bless uh we'll have to figure out together uh what what uh what it is uh you want to study next next week uh beginning sunday nights so until then, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace, and remember, peeps, as I bounce out to all the, uh, um, hey, you're welcome, Mary, big hugs to you and to your family as well, uh, so be bold, stand up, <laughs> Go with God because he alone loves you with an unfailing love and he's God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us and rose again and ascended again that he might come back to receive us to himself and um Let's celebrate that today and every day. Good night. God bless.